pro football jokes. Make it uncomfortable. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes podcast. We are here after a great Thanksgiving weekend. Um, Pep, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Had some laughs, shed some tears over these games. Got to see some good football this weekend. Yeah, we got to see some some really good football and some not so great football from some teams. Um, but we'll get into all that. Um, for, what was your uh, Thanksgiving like? You uh, do anything special? You uh, enjoy any particular dish? So I um, I am a big fan of stuffing. I'm not going to like go on a limb and say it's my favorite of like all the stuff, but I don't, think don't it, too it goes underrated sometimes. Um, and my brother made really good stuffing. Uh, we ate around the end of the Cowboys Raiders game. So it was really just the cherry on top for the Raiders to oh, beat the yeah. Cowboys. So, um, really good meal. Yeah. We ate, uh, I think we ate around halftime of that. Yeah. We were eight and a half time of that game, which is actually pretty late for us. Usually we eat between the early game and the, uh, late game, but. So, you know, I was I was pretty hungry. And then by by the end of the Saints Bills, I, I was just so stuffed that uh, I could barely move. But uh, that's always a sign of a great Thanksgiving. Um, and I didn't really feel like I, re- I really needed to watch Saints Bills anyway, because uh, that was not the best game. Yeah, one thing I did on Thanksgiving, just um, I was really appreciative for everything I had and just just life in general. So I decided to make a few parlays and gamble. Um, <laughs> and the Saints game, that was my last prop I needed to hit. In the first game, I had Andy Dalton throwing an interception, which was weirdly at plus 105. The second game, I had Dalton Schultz at plus 170 scoring a touchdown. Ooh. And the last one was Emmanuel Sanders anytime touchdown for plus 220. Ooh. So I I went back and forth between Knox and Sanders and oh, always go Knox. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson learned, <laughs> but Knox it was fun. It was fun. This year. It was nice because it kind of ironically turned into a family bonding thing. Everyone was like, who do you need now? Who do you need now? Because <laughs> the props had hit and it was two out of three. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. That's always fun. Uh, my, my uh, household here has turned to uh, gambling themselves, so now we are all making house bets together and uh, watching them. And soon uh, we won't be able to afford rent, but you know, it's it's a price you pay. Yeah, I'm sure there's a loan place nearby. They'll be happy <laughs> to loan you some money. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a great thing to bond over. It is. It is. Agreed. Um, nothing like gambling to uh, bring people together. Uh, all right, well, why don't we start with those Thanksgiving Day games? Um, I don't really even want to talk about Bills Saints because it was boring. I guess the Bills get back on track, right? Uh, sort of. I guess. Um, and I, I guess there are reports and rumblings that uh, Sean Payton might turn to Taysom Hill this week, but I really don't care. Yeah, I, I did see that. I was about to bring that up, but I, I guess, I guess, why not at this point? Uh, the Trevor Simeon's been, I think he's been okay, but like you, you obviously aren't winning. Your defense isn't the same as it was earlier in the season. And uh, I mean, maybe, maybe if you get Alvin Kamara back, things, things will be different, but 
I don't know. Uh, right now, this team needs something, and maybe they Bill can bring it, but probably not. <laughs> it, it was a valiant effort. They kept some games close, and, uh, you know, it's just too much to overcome. So try again next season, Saints. <laughs> yeah, maybe you find yourself an actual quarterback. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of teams that like to keep things close but don't win, uh, the Lions play every Thanksgiving, and uh, they almost got a win, uh, their first win. Yeah, I think if you want to coach in the NFL, one takeaway from this game is you cannot call timeouts back-to-back. Dan Campbell. Oof, yeah, that that was rough. Um, I, I don't know that they were winning this game anyway, but uh, yeah, you, you hate to see it from a guy who, you know, like you said, he's basically a new Gus Bradley in the NFL. You, you, don't, you don't like watching him lose, but that's all he does, so... <laughs> I, I they will squeak one they will squeak one this season i still have faith in that i, I think they will they, i'm just not gonna say who <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not gonna pick them again for the rest of the season <laughs> but yeah I'll, I'll take one l it's a lot better than my current record so um we'll we'll take that i guess the bears uh Nagy wasn't fired so yeah, so yeah. leave his kids' football games alone, you weirdos. <laughs> uh, Darnell Mooney emerging yet again. Darnell Mooney. Yeah. 20 fantasy points there. Yeah, he, he continues to produce. Uh, I guess it helps that the Bears really have nobody else, but uh, Jimmy Graham scored a touchdown. <laughs> so Jimmy Graham earning that $10 million a year. That's what you pay him $10 million a year for right there. That random touchdown in week 12. Um, Cole Komet with eight receptions. I mean, the Bears receivers were just going, and that's what happens when you have a great guy like Andy Dalton wheeling and dealing out there. Yeah, Jimmy Graham tied for uh, second most touchdowns since 2010. Receiving wow. touchdowns. I didn't realize that. Yep, right behind Gronk. Well, good for him. You know, good for Jimmy Graham. If Brown can come back to the Buccaneers, he'd be tied for first. I believe tied with Antonio Brown. I'm sure we'll get to it soon, but man, it's like really frustrating not seeing Gronk get into the end zone these past two weeks just because of how many looks and catches he's gotten. Yeah, I mean he he played he played really well this this past week. He had it seemed like he was you know getting back into the swing of things. Uh, when he first came back from injury, but you know, had over a hundred yards uh, against the Colts, so still had a really nice game. Yeah, he's definitely the X factor to me in this offense. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, Leonard Fournette got all the touchdowns that game. So, boy, did he! Have we entered this uh, this new era where at least one running back every week gets at least four touchdowns? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know that that's, that'll continue every week, but you know, two weeks in a row, that's three three running backs have done it in the past two weeks. Uh, that's pretty crazy. I'm going to put my dark horse candidate for week 13, Miles Gaskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about that. He did score twice this past week out of the wildcat formation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I, the Jonathan Taylor, uh, I, I, we're kind of going out, out of order now, but who cares? Uh, Jonathan Taylor just uh, was kind of bottled up in the game, but like he still finished 
Uh, I bet on the, the over on his uh, rushing prop, and he still he still hit it. He still hit the over. Still scored a touchdown. Had like twenty fantasy points. So like even in the day where he was not producing much, he still has like a better game than most running backs in the NFL. I want to say his rushing prop was like 85, 90 yards. It was only it was only eighty. It was seventy nine and a half. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a great one to smash, even if it's the Bucks defense. Yeah, and he did do it, uh, even though uh, even though the, the Bucks did pretty much get the better of him, I guess. Um, you know, they did get the win. Um, Bucks looking looking back uh, to one of the best teams in the NFL um, a lot because you know uh, every team's had their struggles at this point, but we're just looking for the teams that are struggling the least and uh the bucks are are one of the teams struggling the least uh the cowboys maybe not so much uh they played on thanksgiving as well as they always do um you know i they that kind of got it going late um but certainly the offense looked out of sorts at the beginning of this game without without their top two receivers um zeke elliott went out as well for a little bit and then came back Apologies for the background noise. For, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, great. Uh, you know, I I think great gritty win by the Raiders. If, if I do say so, they battled. They battled that whole game. They took advantage of Coop and CD being out. Uh, said Wilson, you know, tried his best to fill in for those guys. He had a decent game. It was clear. Zeke is definitely not 100%. I definitely see them using Tony Pollard a lot more in these coming weeks. Um, but the Cowboys, I don't know what to make of them right now. I want to say they'll bounce back every week. But at what point do I have to just kind of... Ex- and I'm curious how this week goes because Mike McCarthy's out to COVID. Dan Quinn will be taking over. Yeah, um, I, I, that, that will be interesting. I feel like if the Cowboys have a good week, everybody is going to be like calling for Mike McCarthy's head, being like, he's holding this team back. Yep. Mike McCarthy got the mojo variant of COVID. <laughs> the mojo. Yeah, yeah. Raiders, uh, can, can we talk about it? Well, I, you know, I, never mind. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, hey, yeah, DJX well. is paying off. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, but, you know, I want to save my takes on DJX for my overreaction. So. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I, um, again, I don't know what to make of the Raiders. It was like a good win by them, but I, I don't – good for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I doubt that they'll, uh, you know, they'll actually do anything, make the playoffs or anything. But, uh, you know, they're 6-5. and five. Um, you got to – be pleasantly surprised at that. And I don't know, maybe they can do something in the AFC. Probably not. But good win. All right. Well, let's. those are all the Thanksgiving Day games. We already hit on a couple of Sunday games as well. Um, can we talk about some of the quarterbacks who have been struggling a little bit, who maybe are some of the higher-profile quarterbacks? Uh, there may be some injury concerns, I'd say, but... Yeah, there are, there are a few of them right now. Um, let's start with the Monday night game. Uh, obviously, football team dominates, um, but Russell Wilson has just looked terrible since he's come back. 
Um, I like I legitimately think Dino is considerably better than him right now. I completely agree. Look, it was a game the Washington football team. I knew they were going to win. I was. It, I weird, know. Weirdly enough, I was going to be pissed off for once this season if they didn't win this game. I was actually just really intent on watching this game. Uh, and you know what? The score was not sexy, but yeah. darn it, they relied on their game plan. They stuck to the, the running game, gave Gibson 29 totes, and they just kept long drives going, stuck yeah. to their guns, they're, and they're uh, I'm proud of them good. for that win. I'm proud of them for that win, even though the Seahawks are terrible. Yeah, you know, no, I, I agree. I think the football team completely dominated. They should have won by more, but uh, it, you know they, they played well. It was, wasn't their fault their kicker got hurt, um, <laughs> which is obviously a factor. Um but, you know, they dominated the time of possession in this game. Um, but the Seahawks are just such a problem, right? Like, the fact that I, I really wasn't worried about the football team losing at really any point in that game. I started, like, kind of being worried, I guess, like, you know, once they scored that touchdown. But even then, I really didn't feel like the Seahawks had it. I was like, they're probably not going to get this two-point conversion if they do they're going to lose in overtime because they can't do anything. Um, like that, that not used to usually how I feel when Russell Wilson has the ball. Usually I feel like, Oh, they're Seahawks are going to score. Uh, that's what they do. And I didn't feel that at all. And then they did end up scoring, but even in that final drive, I didn't feel like they were impressive. Like they had, they got lucky with a like pass interference penalty. And then the football team had a busted coverage. That's basically the only offense the Seahawks had was just, busted coverages by the secondary. Um, so I I just I just think their offense is just such a problem right now. I'm going to look back next season and see this game as the moment the door just finally shut. The, the chapter is – the book finally closed between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Pete Carroll here. I mean, there used to be a time – for these past eight years, nine years or so, where Russell Wilson in situations like this could, with a with a blitz coming his way, like put the game on his back and scramble a little bit and take the deep shot, find a guy like a Tyler Lockett, and and lead a team to a comeback in these kind of situations. But those days are gone. Okay. And the Seahawks going into this game, their backfield led by Alex Collins and DJ Dallas. Are you kidding me? Russell Wilson (laughs) scrambled twice for 16 yards and led the team in rushing. So that's a problem right there. I mean, this team just sucks. It's really bad. Uh, and, And just Russell needs new scenery. But the Seahawks are done. And Russell, before the game, I think somebody quoted him saying, he was just like, you don't want to see us when we're getting hot. And I was like, I'm so scared, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are really going to heat up with the way you've been playing. I, uh, yeah. Are, are the, I mean, other than the Lions, are the Seahawks the, the worst team in the NFC? I'm going to make this one point. When Gerald Everett is your new favorite target, you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> But I legitimately think they, they might be the worst team other than the Lions in the NFC. I, I, I kind of am with you. I, I don't even know that it's like that much of a debate. I don't know who else you put. I mean, maybe the Giants. I 
but I don't think they're worse than the Giants. Maybe the Panthers, they've, they've been bad. I, get... I don't know, man. But that... But the Seahawks that... are just so bad right now, though. It's insane. Off- offense is totally inept. But I, I guess, I don't know, maybe Russ is still hurt. Uh, it's, it's just... It, it seems like he's making poor decisions too. So maybe it's just a combination of things where he's a little hurt and it's a little bit in his head. And I, I don't know, um, but things are not going well there. Um, similar situation in, uh, in Cleveland, um, Baker Mayfield playing through a bunch of injuries um, and uh, not playing particularly well. Um we kind of talked about it last week that, you know, maybe the Browns would be better off just going with Case Keenan, but Baker's trying to play through it and the Browns aren't doing much. 10 points against the Ravens lose 16 to 10. Their defense forced Lamar to throw four interceptions or those just weren't good decisions by Lamar Jackson. Regardless, I actually didn't catch much of this game. I fell asleep early. I didn't, I had no interest in watching this game. To be honest, (laughs) you really didn't miss much. Uh, And it's, it's a bummer because it's, you know, it's the AFC North. This should be a good matchup for once, but even going into it, it just felt like it was going to be a dud. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I I didn't really expect much out of this game and I guess I wasn't disappointed because not much happened. Um, the, the, The broadcast spent, the majority of the first half talking about Justin Tucker because that's all there was to talk about. Oh God. <laughs> um, did you know he sang opera? Uh, I don't know if anybody's covered that before. Never. It's a groundbreaking, <laughs> uh, fact. Yeah. Um, but Lamar was bad. Um, but not as bad as Baker. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar still made a few plays, um, that were certainly impressive. Um, Baker, I don't know. The Browns' offense is just—it's just not good. They didn't seem—they didn't run the ball very well. Like Kareem Hunt was their leading rusher with 20 yards rushing. Um, so I, I don't even know what's going on anymore with Browns. Oh, um, those those numbers would get him in the Seahawks' ring of fame. <laughs> True, but I mean, this is the Browns. They're supposed—that's the, their whole thing—is they're supposed to be this great running team and Nick Chubb has eight carries for 16 yards. What are you doing? I, that, I understand the Ravens hard. are just stacking the box and forcing the Browns to try and pass it, but I don't know. It, Baker under 50% completion percentage too. Uh, it's just, just a bad, bad game for the Browns offense. And I don't know that it's getting much better. A lot of question marks there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My takeaway from what I watched is Mark Andrews is still pretty good. That is true. Mark Andrews was really the, the saving grace for the Ravens. Made a couple big catches. Um, Lamar with a couple great scrambles to get out of pressure and make plays. Um, you know, Through four picks, so not his best game by any means. But uh, they certainly looked more capable than the Browns. Um, so I, I didn't, at no point did I really think Cleveland was winning this game. When the Browns got the ball at the end, like with you know they, they had like a minute fifteen to go score a touchdown, I would have bet 
all the money in the world that they were not scoring a touchdown. I, I, I mean, they didn't even get a first down, and I, I would have bet bet a lot just to say they would have gone four and out, which they did. So, <laughs> uh, I, th- there was just zero chance they were scoring there. It's a really tough scene, and really, like the biggest thing to happen from this game is Kareem Hunt's dad getting mad at Baker now. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's just like it's, it, this is like Pop Warner football at this point. I don't think little Johnny should be starting at quarterback. I think my son should. <laughs> I mean, maybe he should. I don't know. <laughs> maybe little Johnny can do better. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, yeah, not not things aren't going great in Cleveland. Uh, maybe not as bad in Los Angeles, but the Rams also. I feel like Matthew Stafford has really not played well since you know the past like what three games, um, three or four. Uh, it's just since uh, in, it was an injury to his hand that happened. You know what, four weeks ago or something. Um, I don't know. Is that still like? affecting him or something but like this Rams offense is is not great and I think Stafford's thrown a pick six in the last three weeks right uh sounds right (laughs) I believe he has Uh, this week offense looks stagnant Sean McVay is confused Uh, Troy pointed out Something Sean McVay did at the end of that last game. I think they kicked a field goal and Sean McVay just like botched the timing of the timeout. It just, it was a really weird move by McVay, but he's, he's been doing stuff like that these past few games and the Rams just can't, they're stepping on their own feet. They can't find a groove on offense, a balance between running the ball in a healthy manner or just they lean totally on the passing game. Um, they, they're just so out of sync and Von Miller hasn't really gotten any action since he got there. Um, Odell did score a touchdown. He did. Odell did get some, get some action, but, um, man, the Rams just really set themselves up here by acquiring all this talent. They put such a big freaking chip on their shoulder. Yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, I I was expecting so much out of the Rams. They looked like that team early this season, and right now, I and I thought they were gonna, you know, Sean McVay was gonna get them right after the bye. That he was just gonna figure out what's wrong and um, have some corrections. Um, but they really didn't look much better here. Uh, I mean, they really like their offense was just those two big plays. The one. To Van Jefferson, and then the one to uh, uh, to Odell. Um, I think their their other score, their other touchdown, was off like uh, the the block or the muff punt, um, and they set up a quick field or what, a short field. Uh, maybe uh, no, maybe that was one of the field goal drives, but still, it just uh, it just didn't look like it was uh, a great game for the. The Rams offense and it just looked like such a struggle when typically the Sean McVay offense is like you're finding open guys all over the field Cooper Cup's always winning his matchup and this just just doesn't feel like that anymore and also the defense I 
I guess I've been looking at them as like a really stout unit throughout the season. They've had some good performances early on, but going into that matchup, I was just thinking like, you know, Rodgers and the Packers are going to cut them up, aren't they? Even the running game, even with all those names on the Rams defensive line, it just made sense to me that the Packers could just run it up the gut if they wanted to. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is probably the only player on that defense right now that's playing up to his contract and name. Yeah, I I get that. Uh, yeah, they haven't really been that great this year, and I don't know, but I I'm more I'm more concerned about the offense to be honest, just because I think the defense is good enough to. I mean, there aren't many dominant defenses, and you can't expect your defenses carry you. Um, yeah, I agree. So, so I, I just think the offense needs to get back on track and they'll be fine. Um, but that's easier said than done. I think they need to get back to some the running game and, and play action game because that's what Sean McVay has been so successful with during his time with the Rams. Obviously, a lot of that with Todd Gurley there, but I think they can still do it um, even without him. Uh, you know, Henderson hasn't been bad and it's more just to set up the play action anyway. I, I think that's that's the best part of this offense. Yeah, it's like when they're running, the when they go run play, when they're down by like a score even, it just feels so forced. It's like yeah. they're they're doing it because the piece of paper says so, and Sean McVay's like, all right, fine, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to run just to set up the play action. But everybody knows what's going to happen. Like uh, having Robert Woods out really does affect their run game too because he was such a good blocking receiver. That's and true. He loved running those jet sweeps with Robert, but they, they've they got to commit to the run game even without him. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Um, what other games? Oh, let's talk about the other AFC North matchup. Too bad our unpaid intern is not here to talk about his Bengals completing their sweep of the Steelers and really just embarrassing them. Um, Joe Mixon has a huge game on the ground, 165 yards. Uh, T. Higgins has kind of a breakout game, over 100 yards a touch. Um, You know, Jamar Chase was even quiet in this game, but didn't matter. Bengals were were just overpowering. Yeah, I, I got to apologize to Burrow and the Bengals. I was a little tough on them last podcast. I was just trying to get through my little talking segment or whatever. I, I didn't want to close the door completely on the Bengals saying they won't get a playoff spot this year. I was just thinking general AFC big picture. The Bengals came in and said, screw you, Pearson, Pep, and uh, <laughs> did their thing. Uh, big game by Joe Mixon, Higgins, as you said. <laughs> there's this there's this one sack on Ben Roethlisberger where a player was like in front of him and barely even touched him and Ben just decided to flop forward yeah. like, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen he does something like that every week and it's hilarious um, yeah just complete domination good for the Bengals yeah Steelers offense kind of reverted back I mean last week we all kind of saw that it was a little lucky that they were able to put up put up the points that they did um, due to, you know, some turnovers and some weird stuff. Uh, 
but this felt kind of like the Steelers offense that we've seen all season. And uh, it, it really maybe even a worse version because, I mean, this was, this was pretty bad. Um, but it's hard to imagine the Steelers team going anywhere. I know they're, you know, Mike Tomlin always, you know, he's never had a losing record there. Um, so he, and he's 500 right now. So maybe they'll just finish eight, eight and one, and, you know, be that AFC team that misses the playoffs. I just, I cannot stand watching this team. It's so hard to watch. I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Um, but you know, uh, that's, that's what they do. And if, I, I don't know, sometimes their defense can be dominant, but sometimes they just, you know, sometimes teams can run over them too. So it's not like it's a consistent thing where they can just win you games every week. Um, but anyway, uh, Bengals looking good. I, I think the Bengals do have a chance. I mean, in a very wide open AFC, I'd say. Um, I think the Bengals are a, a legit contender. Um, I don't think they have the highest ceiling of the AFC teams. I think there are a lot of teams that they have seen that do have a higher ceiling. Um, but, you know, they're they're good enough to, to compete with anybody there. It's, so that's a good thing for them. Um, another big game in the AFC, Titans at Patriots. And I feel like this is basically what we expected. Uh, Patriots stomp the Titans, really. One stat that is just going to completely get thrown under the rug about this game was the Titans had 270 rushing yards against this Patriots defense. <laughs> they did. And they got demolished 36 to 13. Well, now, first of all, by the way, go get Dontrell Hilliard if you haven't already on waivers. <laughs> but that's about all I have to say for this just falling Titans team. Well, Ryan Tannehill did pass for 93 yards. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's a game manager <laughs> yeah I don't know it's a, the Patriots were just daring the Titans to run they're like yeah just run the ball without Derrick Henry um, Dante Foreman also went over 100 yards um, so Titans with two 100 yard rushers um, don't see that every day but in a, in a losing effort where you're getting blown out how do they just keep running the ball. I, I don't. I don't even know. But weird game. Uh, Patriots. The Patriots just continue to roll, though. I said they were. You know, my score prediction was pretty close here. I said they would win thirty-five to ten because that was their average score over the last four weeks, and they won thirty-six to thirteen. So pretty close. And uh, we were we were right on our Kendrick Bourne calls. Yep. That's true. Kendrick Bourne, big game. Uh, I think he's still the Patriots' leading receiver in terms of yardage. Kendrick Bourne, more fantasy points than Dalvin Cook this season. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yep. That, I, I would not have expected, I can't say I would have expected that before the season. So, um, But great. I mean, he's been a successful signing, I guess. So good for the Patriots. Um, all right. What other games here do we really want to touch on? Oh, let's oh. talk about, oh, sorry, oh, I just want to say one more thing about Deontay Foreman. He might be the first player with a six second 40 to rush for over a hundred <laughs> yards in a game. <laughs> yep. 
uh, I I like to see like how much time his runs took to get him to that hundred <laughs> yards. Probably like fifty minutes. <laughs> um, all right, the other game. I mean, the this was this was one of the games I was most excited to watch: the Vikings at Forty Niners. Um, and I, I personally wasn't very surprised by this outcome. I did pick the Vikings. Um, but I did feel like the Niners were really just on fire and was not really surprised that they were able to take this one at home. Um, Kirk Cousins didn't have his best game. I thought he was, I thought he still played fairly well, but, um, did have a few missed throws. Um, and I think that that was really just, just the difference against the Niners team that, uh, seems to, seems to be on a roll here. Yeah. Um, First of all, good call out on the Adam Thielen automatic touchdown in oh, a yeah, uh, in sure. a good matchup game. Adam Thielen going for two touchdowns. Great call out there. Uh, this was a great game to follow. Uh, personally, my favorite, and I was most excited for on the slate. Uh, it's kind of funny looking at the 49ers and how successful they've been because – at the beginning of the season, they're like all injured and they're like, all right, next man up, next man up. It was just going so poorly. And then Kyle Shanahan now is just like, all right, since we don't have any running backs, Debo Samuel is our running back now. Okay. <laughs> Debo Samuel uh, rushes for two touchdowns. I think he'll be out for a week or two, unfortunately. Yeah. He, he leads the 49ers in rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> something else right there. But Kyle's rushing attack is in full force right now. Um, his his uh, offensive mastery is just at play. Uh, 49ers look good, man. Um, yeah. Dalvin Cook out. or I don't know the extent of his shoulder injury, but it seems like Alexander Madison, it'll be him from here on out probably. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's uh, he has a dislocated shoulder. Um, he should. He, I don't think he'll miss too long. They said he's day to day, so I guess he miss a week, maybe two. But uh, yeah, he should be back. Yeah, and it was a little bit of a quiet week for Justin Jefferson. Figured he'd cool off after a couple hot ones. I think he'll be back yeah. next week. I mean, hard to compete with Josh Norman. I, you just. He just shuts everybody down. Oh my gosh! Every time, like, every time the ball would like sail over Jefferson's head, or like Norman would barely do anything, and Justin Jefferson wouldn't catch it. Josh Norman was just like celebrating and trying to talk all this crap, and I was <laughs> like, "Dude, stop! You're not good." Uh, yeah. Well, uh, times times tough in. In Minnesota, but I, th- I think the Vikings have a, still have a good chance to make the playoffs. Um, we'll see. Uh, NFC, it, both both conferences are wide open for that wild card, um, and really just all around. So I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting last what uh, six weeks of the season. We, we just done week twelve. Yeah, we have eighteen weeks this year. So six more weeks. Uh, pretty. I feel like this season's just flying by. It really is. Um, but the Vikings have become one of my favorite teams to watch this season. Yeah, I very much enjoyed watching the Vikings. And 
suddenly the Niners are fun to watch too. They were like one of the hardest teams to watch early in the season. And yeah. And now they're becoming fun. Also going back to daily fantasy, like just starting that up again, like the Viking stacks are awesome. They're so awesome <laughs> they because nobody ever throws Kirk in their lineups. And the Thielen pick was so contrarian because everyone was taking Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, just love stacking the Vikings. Yeah. And their offense is so concentrated into like those three guys, you know, Jefferson, Thielen, and then Dalvin Cook. Or I, I think you can just slot in Alexander Madison in there with if Dalvin Cook is out. Um, you know, the, yeah. those guys are going to have most of the production on their offense. So it's uh, it's great for fantasy owners. I know they, they love that. Especially as, Jack's uh, dynasty team. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, as Jeff Kinnatham, who owns Jefferson, Thielen, and Dalvin Cook, um, might not like Dalvin Cook being out this week. But and we'll see on that. We shall uh, see. All right, let's move to uh, what I guess. Uh, Do you have anything else thing you else you wanted to hit before we go to overreactions? Um, I'm just not quite sure. It was a bit of a quiet week. It's been yeah. a quiet week. Freddie yeah. Kitchens, Giants, thirteen <laughs> points. Yeah. Jalen Hurts had a bad game. That that is true. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about that game real quick. Um, to, I guess I guess you pretty much hit on everything. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, the 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 Eagles just couldn't do anything on the ground. Uh, did you know Miles Sanders doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year? Not the, too shocked by that. Yeah, the, the I think the Eagles have like eleven or twelve as a team, and Miles Sanders has none of them. Jalen Hurts has like four. I think Jordan Howard and. Um, Boston Scott each have three, and uh, I think Kenneth Gainwell has one or two. Um, known for Miles Sanders. Well, I am a fan of jokes. <laughs> and uh, I, I want to talk about this game just real quick. Is uh, is everybody just going to act like they never hyped up Cam Newton? We're all just going to forget Cam Newton was ever a thing and just let P.J. Walker start for the rest of the season? Uh, well, I mean, uh, Matt Rule said Cam Newton's still their starter, so. All right. We're, I guess we're going to try it again. The start, the start and sign Cam Newton fan club real quiet. <laughs> real quiet from that camp. Yeah, uh, I did start him in a fantasy league and was not happy about that. Was it against me? Uh, Might have been. <laughs> Barely no, squeaked right. that one out. Uh, uh, yeah, my I don't know, but uh, yeah, rough, rough times for the Panthers. It's it kind of sucks for the Panthers. Like they just cannot catch a break with quarterback. Like Sam, like it's not just their quarterback when their quarterback has been bad. It's it's been the it's just been so bad. Cam Newton went five for twenty one. How is that even possible? His quarterback rating was like five. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the worst completion percentage since Joey Harrington in like 2003 or four or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's it, it was embarrassing. Chris McCaffrey out for the season. Um, 
this Panthers team looking rough. Yeah. Uh, I And now, like, their defense, though, was once so good. It, it feels like they're just like, well, if the offense is going to suck, well, we're, we're going to suck, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, why even try at that point? Yeah. It just feels <laughs> like a wasted season for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, yep. Nice game for the Dolphins to uh, play in fairly decently. Yeah, and their defense is looking like the defense we thought it would be. Like yeah, one no, of, that's true. one of the better units in the NFL. I yeah, I agree. That that part I do kind of buy about the Dolphins. Uh, I think their defense can be good because I think Brad Flores is a really good coach. Um and they do have pieces there on defense. Um and Jalen Waddle had his best game as a as a pro. Um he, he actually looks like a pretty good receiver. I think he'll he'll be something in this league and I know that that makes you happy because he's on your dynasty team. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> um, just the depth and volume he's getting, uh, and getting hit deep. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, still mostly underneath stuff, but well, yeah. my worry was that he would have kind of a Jerry Judy rookie season. Yeah. Where you get like the occasional deep ball here and there, but like his ceiling was seven points. <laughs> yeah, I had had what like nine catches for 137 yards or something. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um. All right, let's let's move on to overreactions and uh, close this thing out. Pep, do you have your overreaction? Yeah, this is kind of a quick business 101 lesson, folks. So we're going to go and talk about RG3. Now, you remember those really cool socks that everyone used to wear, the no pressure, no diamond socks? Well, apparently those aren't selling anymore, and RG3's run out of money. (laughs) After begging the Washington football team to sign him in September, he uh, released... A video yesterday or today saying that he is writing a tell all book called Surviving Washington about just how bad uh, his time in Washington was and what they did to him and how they mistreated his injury and the sexual misconduct. Very true thing that happened, but I don't want (laughs) to hear it from RG3's perspective with all due respect. Um, And he, he specifically mentions in the video what happened the night of the Seahawks Redskins game, just because they beat the Seahawks just now on Monday night football. doesn't mean you need to come on Twitter and take the thunder away (laughs) from Taylor Heineke's team. All right. I have heard this story from just about every angle reporter, coach player. I have heard your story from so many different angles. I don't give a about your book. I hope it, doesn't sell any copies. Matter of fact, I hope it sells negative copies. And you're releasing it in August. So you're thinking that people will take their money, their hard-earned money they saved for Madden 23 and buy Surviving <laughs> Washington instead. Get out of here. Screw your socks. Screw your book, Robert Griffin. What, what happened to his announcing career? Is he still, still doing that? I don't know. I was on Twitter like <laughs> on Saturday and everyone was just saying, shut the F up, RG3. <laughs> they're, just, they're like, bro, be talking too much. So he's having mm-hmm. like a Jason Witten-like start on on his uh, commentating career. 
Uh, well, that's good. Uh, so ESPN, well, just just pay the guy more or something. I don't want to keep hearing these things. And just eight <laughs> years, eight or nine years after the fact, we need to have like a tell-all book like you just left the Trump administration or something. Get out of here, man. <laughs> I have no interest. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's I, I like that take. Yeah, we're coming up on nine years from when he was injured against the Seahawks. Um, So, yeah, I guess uh, commemorate that. There's Uh, my overreaction. I got pretty fired up. I I love that overreaction. Um, So, as I hinted at earlier, my overreaction about another former Redskin, Sean Jackson. Um, Sean Jackson was just like, has basically no interest in playing football anymore. He's like strictly like his, his attempt at being a receiver right now is he's just going to run, run straight. And if the defender touches him in any way whatsoever, he just throws his hands up at the ref and is like, and just looking for a penalty. He just stops. He's not playing anymore. And if he catches the football, he is going down. Like he is sliding before most quarterbacks slide. Every he, damn time. <laughs> he has no interest in getting touched at all um, and is not shy about it. I don't, I don't it even know so if that's really an overreaction, but uh, it's just, just how I was feeling. So um, I, I, just, I just wanted to bring it up. It's a it's a good overreaction. The guy does it every single game. <laughs> He's and and when he doesn't get the flag, he just looks so silly. He does. <laughs> like it, it, it's happening like multiple times. Like a, a Thanksgiving Day, like it was on the national stage and everybody was watching. But and it was it was honestly embarrassing. But I, I don't think Sean Jackson cares at all. I think he's just out there for a paycheck. Do you think he's fast still? I think he's still kind of fast. He's just, I, I don't know. He that feels deep. like one of those players in franchise mode whose speed is just like down a ton. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's only still around because of his awareness being in the 80s. <laughs> That's, That's why he can possible. draw so many flags. Yeah. Has high awareness. He knows, he knows when to get down. <laughs> Good point. He's fumbling. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, um, we here at Pro Football Jokes do not go down. We we stay up, fight for every single yard, um, and that's why we are here grinding our pods. Um, and we're hoping to grind again next week. Uh, we will see you then. Pro Football Jokes. Make it uncomfortable.